Good morning. Oh, yeah, some of the kids already left. If your kid hasn't left, I mean, not left the building, just left to go to class, they can go. That's a good time to do that. Uh, Easter is right up upon us and uh, looking forward to celebrating with you. Uh, and uh, it'll be a, a good reminder of why we live this Christian life. We're entering this series called I Didn't See That Coming. And uh, one of the cool things that we're doing this year uh, is a little surprise. It's a little I Didn't See That Coming. You'll notice as you walk in or out, there's a couple of canvases uh, right out here. And uh, I've already had several guesses on like, is it topography map? Is it uh, what, what exactly is going on there? Uh, and there's some markers, and on the markers will correspond with uh, a number on, on the canvas there, and it's a paint by number. So we encourage you, whether you come in, leave, whatever it is, uh, take a second. Uh, it's not just a kid thing. There were lots of adults doing it earlier today. I'll post pictures just to prove it. Um, but uh, it's, it's, uh, it's going to be a good time. We encourage you to be a part of that. Last week, we, uh, we made uh, just kind of a, a vision statement of where we see Wellhouse going in the future, where we feel like God is calling us as we've been prayerfully considering what, what does God want us to do in this community. And we mentioned that we want to be a place for good, that, um, that, that we want to be wherever we go and whatever we do, that we want to point back to the good news of Christ and last week, we picked, uh, passed out these cards, a 30 days of prayer, looked like this. And we ask you to pray over three specific things. Uh, now, maybe you might be like a lot of people's like, you take one of those, you have every great intention, right, to, to put it in that place. And then it's like, I don't know what happened, it got lost or whatever. So if that's you, there's no shame in your game. You can just come on, see me. I will give you another one. But I really want to encourage you to be praying uh, uh, praying for Wellhouse, praying for us as we move forward into what God is calling us to do. We we ask you to pray over three really specific areas that God, uh, that we would be faithful to following God even when it's outside of our comfort zone. That we would be united as a family, even though you know we we aren't we're, we can be diverse. We have diverse thoughts, right? That we can still be unified together. And that God would open up doors for us to find a permanent home uh, in in this community that we can serve and do greater ministry even than what we've done before. So don't forget, if you did not get one of these, uh, we did put them out on our newsletter, and they've been online, but I'd love to get uh, one in your hands so you can begin joining us in prayer. And speaking of prayer, let's, uh, let's pray together today. God, we, we're so grateful for you. And God, the, the reason why we come here today, it isn't, it isn't about just singing. It's not it's about a message. It's not a place. It's what you've done and what you're doing. It's your son who continues to redeem. And God, we, th we are so thankful that that's, that's our story. And so, God, we come to give you praise. We, we come to, to be lifted up together and to lift your name on high. And, God, we, we go out from this place, different people because of that, that we get to share this good news. God, we're so thankful for your word. We're thankful for these words of life that build us up in moments that, 
that we need it the most. And so God, today as we open up your word, will you speak to us again in ways that we didn't see coming? It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Jesus, uh, his life was not at all what anybody expected, right? Uh, from moment one, born uh, in a manger to Mary and Joseph, this lowly birth, if you were going to envision how you know, God would make himself known, uh, how this Messiah would come into earth, I, I would almost guarantee that would not be the way that you would write it. But that's just not the story of his birth. That's the story of his life, death, and resurrection. His, his, the 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 whole way in which Jesus came and was, was completely different than what anybody had anticipated. And so it doesn't matter if you were, you know, kind of uh, the angels around when he was born or, you know, the shepherds, Mary and Joseph. It didn't matter if you were a Pharisee or one of the disciples. At a certain point in time, you could say, you know, I mean, I, I, I thought I knew Jesus, but I sure didn't see that one coming. And so there's a lot of people over the next few weeks that we could say, you know, listen, we can look at their story and say, man, I bet they did not expect that to come from his life. There were people who thought he was crazy. There were people who thought that he would be an earthly king. And there were people who thought he was a heretic. And this is just a little bit, a glimpse into Jesus' life. And I was always thinking about Jesus' story. There was one person in particular that kind of came out that I thought, man, I could really relate to this guy's story. At least in this, I didn't expect that to happen. I didn't see that one coming. And that is a guy by the name of John the Baptist. If you're familiar with his story, then, then you know that John the Baptist is born and his whole mission, even before his birth, is that he's going to pave the way, he's gonna prepare the way for Jesus' birth and ministry. That's what his whole life on earth was created to do. In fact, if you have your Bible, you can flip on open uh, over to the very first book in the New Testament. It's Matthew chapter 3. And in Matthew chapter 3, John is already doing what he was born to do. And those of you who you're doing what God uh, made you to do, that's a, a wonderful feeling. I, I very much feel that way. But I've also been in careers or jobs where I very much knew that that was not what I was born to do. John was born to point to Jesus. That's what he was born to do. In Matthew chapter 3, starting in verse 13, Jesus is going to begin his ministry. In verse 13, it says this, Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John, John the Baptist, who is also his cousin. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. And you come to me? He said, whoa, 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 this doesn't make sense. I'm actually trying to pave the way for you. I'm trying to prepare people to understand who you are. Why in the world would, would I baptize you? You're greater than me. I already know this. And Jesus replied, let it be so now. It's proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. 
He's basically saying, hey, listen, nope, I'm not going to let this one rest. And so then John consents. And check this out. Imagine for a moment, you've probably read these words before if you have read uh, the Bible several times through. Uh, this next few sentences paints an incredible picture. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water, and at that moment, heaven was opened. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him, and a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love, and with him I'm well pleased." Now, I don't, I mean, I don't know what that would be like, but I can only imagine standing there in the water, you know, baptizing Jesus. And as he comes out of uh, the water, I don't know what it means that the heavens opened up, but something tr- certainly traumatic, something extraordinary happens right there. And he sees the spirit of God, how he knows that's it. I don't know, but he knows and it comes down like a dove. And then he hears God's voice say, this is my son, and I love him, and with his life, I'm well pleased. Now, I don't know if you've ever been in a, in a situation where you're like, this was amazing. You know, I've been in a couple of, of times where uh, I remember when I was, I, I posted a picture earlier this week on social media of when I was a teenager, I was a, I was, I, I was a magician, right? I, or a magician, uh, if you were following along. And I got to get together with other local magicians in my area, and we rented out this place that was kind of a, uh, it, was, it was a really fancy restaurant that did illusions. You, if you were really a top-notch magician, you could go there. So it got rented out by this uh, association of magicians. They do have them. They're secret. Uh, and uh, they, rent, they rented it out, and you, it was by invite only, and I show up, and none other than David Copperfield was there. And at the time, he was dating Claudia Schiffer. And I walk in the place as like a 16-year-old kid, and I was like, I mean, this is like heaven. I mean, this is like, I'm really, I'm kind of like a high roller. I'm nobody. I'm 16 years old. I I can barely, you know, I'm certainly, I have no name for myself, but I have hit a new level of coolness. Now, nobody talked to me. I didn't know anybody. They probably thought I was working there, right? I mean... But I thought, man, have I made it. Here's John. Heaven opens up. The Spirit of God descends, and he can hear. He can see. He's in the area where God says, this is my son. What would you give to be there? I mean, all the doubts that you've had, you know, over time that kind of crept in, like, are we sure? I mean, this, this would be a really bad prank if I was, I wasted a whole lot of Sunday more, Saturday, Sunday mornings if this is a joke. But John was there and he heard it. And then he continues on in ministry. And if you know anything about the life and ministry of John, you know that John is doing exactly 
what John is called to do. He's he calling people to repent. He's calling, he's calling out sin and he's saying, listen, you have got to get right with God. There's somebody greater than me. And you're gonna have to get right with God to follow him. And in calling those people out, he winds up calling out the right or the wrong people. And it winds up throwing him in a dungeon. And dungeons in that time were serious nature. I mean, you were not gonna survive dungeon life unless you had friends who would come by and feed you and water you regularly. You would rot in in the dungeon. And so John had disciples, people who would uh, take care of him, people who would help him in his ministry. And they would check on him regularly. And over the course of time, sitting in the dungeon, knowing that eventually he was going to die, he began to have doubts. We pick up some more of John's story in Matthew chapter 11, starting in verse 1. Let me preface a little bit. John is paving the way for Jesus. And in doing so, he finds himself in the dungeon, knowing that death is imminent. And Jesus is out with his disciples, traveling around, teaching and preaching. And so in verse 1, chapter 11 of Matthew, it says this. After Jesus had finished instructing his 12 disciples to go out, he went on from there to teach and preach in the towns of Galilee. And when John, who was in prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah, he sent his disciples to ask him, are you the one who is to come or should we expect someone else? Now, wait a minute. I mean, John, hold on. John, you, you were the guy who said when Jesus got in the water and said, hey, baptize me, you were like, no, 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 no. You can't come to me. I, you, I should be baptized by you. And John, you were the guy who, when you baptized Jesus and you raised him up out of the water, I mean, all of heaven opened up. And, and John, you were the guy who were standing right there when you saw the God's spirit come down like a dove and you heard, you heard, John, the voice of God who said, this is my son whom I love and him I'm well pleased. John, if, there is, if there's anybody who has confirmation of who Jesus is, John, it's you. But here's John sitting alone in a prison his life has been rocked. He's in despair. And he begins to question everything that happened before. See, if there's one thing I know, it's that doubt lurks in the shadows of hurt. Doubt lurks in the shadows of hurt. And you and I have been there. 
Life is going relatively well, minor bumps and bruises along the way. And then all of a sudden, your feet are swept out from underneath you. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. If this is the case, then man, what else do I have? What else is not real? God, are you, are you still real? Is this still real? Is, is this still my main purpose in life? When we are hurting, doubt is right there waiting for us. And this is where John is, wrestling alone and wondering, I'm sure, in his mind, listen, if this is, if this is your son, God, it seems weird if I'd be paving the way, paving the way in a dungeon? I'm paving the way looking to die? I mean, I'm cool with eating locusts, and I love me some honey, and I'll wear some unique stuff. But I don't know about death, and I don't know about suffering. And so no doubt in his mind, John was thinking, all right, God, when are you going to save the day? When is Jesus going to finally take a stand and get me out of here, and we can kind of conquer this mess? But day after day and week after week, he sits alone in the jail cell and he realizes that isn't gonna happen. And if that isn't gonna happen, then maybe you aren't who I thought you were after all. See, I believe some of the biggest hurdles of faith are the unmet expectations of what we thought God would Some of the biggest hurdles in our faith are going to be the unmet expectations of what we thought God was going to do in the moment. God, I've been praying for this thing. God, I've been offering this thing up to you. I've been praying for my marriage. I've been praying for my kids. I've been praying for my finances. God, I've been praying for these things, and you have not delivered. And now I'm sitting here in suffering. What are you going to do? And it's in those moments where our faith rubs up against real life and our unmet expectations that doubt wedges itself in. And this is the story of John the Baptist. So John sends his disciples to Jesus. And the disciples asked the question for him. Jesus, John wants to know. John, you remember John? The guy who paved the way for you. The guy who baptized you. You might owe him something. He's sitting in the jail. He wants to know, are you really who you say you are? Or should we expect somebody else? Somebody who might get John out of prison. Somebody who might save his life. Who are you? Jesus replies, go back and report to John what you hear and what you see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who doesn't stumble on account of me. 
Jesus tells John's disciples to look around and remind John of what's happening around them. You know, sometimes it is hard to see in your own personal walk what God is doing. And so Jesus reminds John's disciples, hey, listen, you're gonna, this is what you're going to have to do for John is you're going to have to tell him the things you see, the experiences you have. Because John's not going to like John's outcome. John's going to sit in prison. And then John's going to die. And we say, whoa, 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 that seems really hard. (laughs) I mean, didn't Jesus have the power? Of course he did. And that's why he says, blessed is the man who doesn't fall away because of me. Because there's going to come a time in your life where you're like, God, listen, I know you can, but if you don't, man, I'm going to give you the double bird. I'm walking away. I don't want this anymore. If if that's the kind of God you're going to be, then I don't want it. He says, listen, you'll be blessed If you stay with me, even when it doesn't make sense, even when it doesn't go your way, even when the pain seems so great, blessed is the man who doesn't walk away on account of what I do or don't do for you. See, God is still on the move. He's still active. He's still good. Even when John is in prison. Band, if you come on up to the stage as we kind of close out some thoughts. I don't know where you are in life right now. And maybe things are going really well, or maybe things are not going really well. But here's what I can tell you is that when darkness surrounds you, you look for where the light falls. There's a book by Philip Yancey. If you've not read it, you should. It's a fairly new book. And it's it's a book about his life. And Philip Yancey kind of grew up in this really strange kind of uh, religious ideology was an ideology that was, that was sick and twisted in many different ways. And it caused him over time to then begin to reject what he saw as God and religion. And so through the book, he begins to talk about how he came back to this relationship with God. And he said, listen, I couldn't look at the sun. I couldn't look at God because I didn't believe in that anymore. I had to start with where the light fell. And I love that. Because I think that's what Jesus is pointing John's disciples to is like, listen, I, I know it's going to be hard when you're like, I don't see you, God, in my life to look around and still see God is still on the move, even if he's not in the move in this situation right now. So when darkness surrounds you, begin to look for where the light falls. William Barclay has this quote 
says this, sometimes a person could be offended at Jesus because Jesus cuts across their idea of what religion should be. And I wonder if that's true for us. I wonder if that's true for me and you. Like maybe this, I didn't see that coming moment for you was when you thought, all right, God, you know, we're kind of in this tough time here. You're going to put all the pieces back together again like you've always done in the past. And you keep waiting and you keep waiting and you keep waiting, but the pieces don't ever kind of fall back together. And you're like, forget it. Maybe, maybe the offended part is that Jesus cuts across your idea of what religion is. Maybe following God isn't safe, but it's good. Maybe you still have no regrets at all, but it's hard. It's, it's challenging. And there's a lot of more questions than there are answers. Sometimes it feels like sitting in a place of uncertainty, waiting for the miracle to happen that you are starting to give up on. And I want you to know this, if that's you, then you're in the same boat as John the Baptist. And here's what's really cool about this is that Jesus goes on to say, man, there is no, you can look this up on your own. In Matthew chapter 11, he says, there's nobody born of women that is greater than John the Baptist. See, even Jesus says, your doubt doesn't count you out when you follow him. That you can bring him those things too, the broken, the hurting, the messed up places. you continue on by recognizing the good that God does all around us. And he continues to do. Would you pray with me, God? We and we are so thankful for your words. We're thankful for the life of John the Baptist who was so bold in so many ways and yet still struggled with who your son was. That he would hear the words of God, he would see the spirit of God and, and heaven open up and still say, I'm not sure. Because God, we can relate with that. So God, if there are people in the room today or there are people online today and they're like, man, I don't know. I feel alone. I feel hurting. I'm struggling. And God, I pray that you would meet them in that place and allow them to see where the light falls. And God, for the people in the room who are not there right now, would you let them be the disciples who will tell them and remind them over and over and over again of all the things you're doing, of all the mountains you're moving, of all the ways that you continue to work in this broken world. We pray all of this in the power and might of your son, Jesus Christ.